0: IBA Talk, the Insurance Business Asia Podcast. This episode is presented in partnership with OutSystems. How can
1: insurers accelerate their digital transformation? To answer this important question
0: and more, our host sits down with Leonard Tan, Country Manager for Singapore at OutSystems. The two discuss the steps insurers can follow to digitize and how they can get ahead of the latest tech trends in the industry.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to IB Talk, the global insurance industry podcast brought to you by Insurance Business and in this very special edition, a huge thanks to our sponsor, OutSystems. I'm your host Paul Lucas and I wanted you to take a moment and look around you. Uh, Chances are you're sat in front of a laptop using the internet, probably with a smartphone sat next to you and a host of other devices within close reach. It's fair to say our lives have gone through a digital transformation that just a couple of decades ago would have seemed unimaginable. Then, of course, along came a pandemic, and for most of us, thrust into a remote working environment, our reliance on technology became even more paramount. For insurance companies, that pivot to the digital world has been a slow process. The sector has regularly come in for criticism for its legacy systems and for not providing the seamless consumer experience that customers have come to expect thanks to their interactions with firms like Amazon or AliExpress. Yet amid this pandemic, insurance too has had to embrace the digital environment and play, in many cases, a rapid game of catch-up. But what if we weren't always playing catch-up? What if we could get ahead of the game and put digital at the heart of our business, being on top of trends and delivering what our clients expect? Well... It is possible and today i'm delighted to welcome an expert who can help us who can help to take us there uh, that man is leonard tan country manager for singapore at out systems uh, leonard welcome to Ivy talk
0: pleasure to be here paul thank you for inviting
1: Uh, So, Leonard, before we get into the digital experience and how insurance companies can ramp up their efforts, um, let's talk a little bit about you, because, I mean, for for such a young guy, uh, you've got an amazing background. In fact, you you studied remotely for the University of London in the UK, but also in person at Boston University in the US. Um, What was it like to to go abroad
0: at that age? Right. So um, studying abroad has Definitely been different. Um, in fact, um, it opened up my eyes, you know, beyond just the books and papers. Um, I would say it isn't exactly a smooth sailing time, but um, it's definitely immersive and educational. Um, and perhaps that's what education really means, right? Being able to be out there alone, having hands on. You know, learning to be independent. Um, my world expanded enormously, right? As I as I filled my my life moments with, with colors deeper and richer with what you know um, typically you, you would get. You know, studying um, in 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 your country, uh, but of course, I think the 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 key differences out there is that you know being a tad older than a lot of my peers. Um, due to my military obligations, I, I learned life lessons uh, in different lenses, and uh, this has essentially guided and shaped my values as a person, as a professional. Um, you know, especially being able to study abroad, right? Just a simple trait, like uh, working out a budget in another cu- currency proves to be mm-hmm. just so, so difficult, right? So, so unfortunately, I'm not living that crazy rich Asian life and uh, practically I belong <laughs> to the 99% of the international students uh, living on a crazy tight budget. But, you know, you know, being able to study overseas, prudency was the concept that I picked up till today, right? So, um, um, cultural diversity, um, you know, the differences in how um, different um you know schools and the different methods of teaching um exposes me to understand right what's what's beyond uh, you know what i've learned here in singapore and of course um, uh, that 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 is a great great experience
1: yeah and, and you talked there about sort of diversity and so on and, and, and you speaking of diversity you had very very different areas of study in those places as well absolutely yeah well tell us a little bit about what you studied in, in, in boston and in london
0: right right so um I majored in um, business in um, University of London. I think at the point in time where you know um, I was considering you know my life options out there, um I wasn't sure um what would make sense for me. Um I wasn't clear of what you know my career path would look like, and and then I decided that you know why not get myself exposed, um you know to different parts of. Um, You know, the education system revolving around business, you know, whether this could be finance, this could be sales, this could be marketing, um, you know, down to even information systems. I, I actually took a little bit of everything, right? And I was sharing with my friends that, you know, I, I don't think I'll be an expert in, in one particular area, but, you know, maybe I'll just prefer being a jack-of-all-trades, right? So so that, that was kind of like the journey that, that I took on. Um, when I had the opportunity to study in, in Boston, you know, I, I told myself, you know, let's try something different, right? Let, let's go for something that, that is, is not the normal, right? So I, I picked up public relations. I, I even picked up um, singing, right? Um, uh, fundamentals of um, um, vocalization, right? So, so, you know, I just wanted to, to be out there and just really expose myself to, to things that, you know, probably I, I wasn't used to doing, I wasn't comfortable in doing, um, just so I could, you know, essentially um, you know, really, really get myself uh, acquainted with the different kinds of, um, um, you know, um, experience that I could get out there.
1: Yeah, and, and, and just for everybody listening, Leonard, you will be singing a song for us at the end of this podcast, is that right? <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> was, was it difficult? I mean, tell us, I mean, you know, you, you're you going from Singapore and obviously, you know, like
0: you said, you, you spent time in Boston. Was it difficult to adjust? Were there any cultural differences? I, I think de- definitely, definitely. Um, I, I think what, one thing is that you know from 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 living you know with with your parents uh, you know in, in, in the house you know having to move out um and you know to, to be in a place where it's unknown um there's a lot of uncertainty you know it, it, the the creeps build up you know and and you'd be very uncomfortable um one you know of course second of all the the whole idea of you know um you know being in an unknown land, you know, and and you know that everything seems so foreign to you, um, it becomes harder as well. Uh, food, you know, um, um, acclimatization to what you know the, the various countries offer, you know, it takes a little bit of um, getting used to as well. But I, I think the the good part is that you know because be, being in Boston, um, generally in, the, in in University of Boston, everyone uh, it's it's pretty much. Uh, you know, there's a mix of different cultures and people could, were literally coming from all over part of the world. So you, you don't really feel like you're out of place, and and you know a lot of times you actually do feel like you're part of the bigger community. So that actually helped me to, um you know, um start to fuse in very well, right? Um especially living uh, abroad, you know, for 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 a period of time. So, um yeah. But but generally, I would say that you know, food, you know, the, the the way that we, you know, the different people are living, you know, this kind of um, um, was hard. I think also a different part of this, you know, being able to understand and relate, you know, based on, you know, while we're speaking English, the the way that we Mm. potentially uh, express ourselves are different. So, you know, that kind of got a little bit of getting used to, and I would say that that actually became very important right especially right now i'm working uh in in multinational corporations you know um that that form of culture understanding and diversity actually becomes a really really big part of of how this has helped me you know in my career journey yeah, I can imagine
1: it's 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 so sort of eye opening, isn't it? And yeah. but you know, in terms of experiences, just to sort of add another one to the list, um, <laughs> you, you you spent time as an artillery officer and an instructor as well in, in the Singapore Armed Forces. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about that experience.
0: Right, right. So um, you know, I I was I was never the the golden boy of my class. You know, I, I was never the smartest guy uh, in my family. But um, you know, in, in midst of you know me finding myself. Uh, as part of growing up, you know, I, I I felt that you know that there was you know if there could be something I would do to make my parents, you know you know feel proud, right? And of course, military is actually an obligation for all Singaporean boys. I, you know, I decided that, you know, why not put my my best foot forward, you know, let's give my best and see where I could end up with, right? From from the process of you know being uh you know a civilian to an officer, an officer to an instructor, um. The, the, the whole experience was essentially the change agent that helps me to create structures, processes and, and discipline, right? We, we, we go through tough training um, and of course the, the, the whole idea is it sets the foundation of what it really meant um, to create habits that stick and, you know, hmm. th- this same habit loop become a part of my sales experience, uh, my sales process, right? And methodology today. So, you know, w- uh, the the whole two years and, and or, or one one and uh, one year and ten months in that whole military um, uh, life has really really helped me to you know grow as a person I think um, uh, we we, we hack our way up the the, the mountains you know we, we 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 have many sleepless nights digging trenches but you know all that really helps you to, to toughen up as a person right and and it help, it prepares you for, for what's to come and and that's really one part that you know I hold very dear and close to me. Um, I would literally say that it's a turning point of my life, right? Um, being being you know able to serve in the army as an officer and as an instructor. Yeah
1: well I mean you, you spoke there about how it's it's influenced your career now but tell us how you you moved from from those previous experiences across to, to what you're doing now which is obviously at out systems and and you've become country manager at a very young age uh, it's an amazing achievement
0: <laughs> absolutely so in all honesty I I always felt that, you know, I, I was not ready um, to take on such a heavy responsibility at at, at such an age, um, you know, especially ageism isn't new in the business environment. Um, I, I felt that I was constantly under pressure, um, you know, to evaluate if I was doing things right, you know, but it was also then that I realized that, you know, there's no one way to leadership. Age doesn't define your ability to perform uh, in high performance teams, you know, and, and drawing back, to all the experiences in my education, you know, in in the places that I've been to, my military career, you know, and, and my past uh, experiences in, in the various jobs, I decided to actually learn right what would make sense of me, what, what I felt, you know, in, in my past experiences would be something that I would not replicate in the culture that I was I was driving today. And I, I carved the culture on my own that is built to last and and I, I wanted to foster uh, a healthy and open culture within my teams to allow, you know, everyone to excel and accelerate, you know, in the way that they are, um, you know, are serving our customers, you know, and, and they are, you know, essentially you know, doing their jobs, right? So, mm-hmm. um, um, yes, I think given the fact that there are many pressures and demands, um, I think that the important part is, um, it's never about finding time. It's about rather scheduling them, and you know, by doing so, it allows me to be able to juggle between listening to what my customer needs uh, and what my team wants. You know, effectively to drive success uh, in all aspects of of you know um, um, my life here in OutSystems. So yeah, that's 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 kind of what we do here. What do I yeah, do?
1: That, do? <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, there must be some some pressures and, and
0: demands on you as well. I mean, how do you cope with those? Right, right. So, um I think I think one, one thing is um work I think it's it's about learning to let go and sometimes, right? Um mm-hmm. you can typically never finish your work. Um I think it's about finding that balance somewhere and um you know I think it, I think essentially is to ensure that, you know, um you, you delegate the right work to the right people, um, ensuring that you know, everyone has, you know, the right amount of work to to effectively drive um, the results that's required. Um, but but I would really think that, you know, now playing a role as a management, um, it's about ensuring that, you know, I equip people with the right skill sets and, you know, giving the heart to delegate. Um, and, and that allows me to free up a lot more of my time. Um, to look into more strategic, you know, uh, things that will actually help OutSystems here in Singapore um, grow our footprints and you know um, uh, be a global brand here.
1: Well, just tell us a little bit about what OutSystems does exactly, and then how it's how it's related to the insurance industry.
0: Yep, absolutely. So um, OutSystems is essentially an enterprise development platform. So we do provide organizations with a you know enterprise visual development tool. Uh, it's meant for organizations to develop web and mobile applications quickly, right? And when I mean quickly, um, you know, imagine you know, being able to save 50 to 70% of your development time and, and you know, to be able to get something ready, to prototype something in a matter of weeks so that you can prove um, the concept or the, or the idea that you're building, right? So we, we actually provide the platform that allows organizations to change, to innovate better, to innovate faster and to really scale the use of the applications for future scalability and usage. So, so that's the kind of business that we are in today. Some call this the, the low-code application platforms, um, but um, essentially our systems, um, we are the number one low-code leader here um, and globally um, in this space.
1: And obviously, you know, that, that's very much at the center of, of digital transformation. And as we talked about at the top, I mean, the, the speed of, of digital transformation in the in, in insurance industry has obviously ramped up a lot over over the last few years. Um, what do you think's prompted insurance companies to sort of finally get on this digital bandwagon?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, with, with many of these technological transformations, such as um, Internet of Things, uh, blockchain-based infrastructure options, cloud computing, and down to mobility applications, insurance are literally on the brink to disrupt or be disrupted. You know, and these two concepts are exactly what most insurance companies face today. Um, you know, with the rise of uh, insure tech companies who provide you know affordable yet seamless experience in buying insurance plan, you know, this forced the traditional insurance companies to challenge the very foundation of their value proposition. All right. Um, of course, you know, coupled by external forces, rising customer exp- uh, experiences, shifts in the economy and culture has essentially threatened many to relook into their strategies and plans to offer personalized offerings the need for Mm. speed, right? And on the other hand, with the reality of COVID forming the new normal, there is really no luxury right, to hit the snooze button again for many insurers. And and as as many have adapted to how the pandemic has changed the way of living, um, the kind of changes that we have seen in the past one year was probably more than what we could ever see in in the past 10 to 15 years combined. You know, sales Mm. agent, are not able to conduct face-to-face meetings. And, and because of such traditional distribution channels were designed exactly for the purpose of face-to-face, you know, the organizations like the, the, the insurers are, are forced to relook, rethink, and essentially re-strategize. So you know, the, the, the need for insurance industry to digitize is actually not new. right? But, but these pressures and factors made clear of how slow the transformation um, these insurers are facing both internally and externally.
1: Yeah, and, and you talked there about you know a, a few of the the innovations that are sort of having an impact from the blockchains to the artificial intelligence, etc. Are there any that you would particularly highlight as being beneficial to the insurance industry today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know in in the in the space of internet of things, right, especially with, with the lockdown that is happening right now, you know, the ability to tap on sensors, beacons, um, um, you know, or, or wearables, right, as, as a way to to track, monitor, um, incentivize, you know, becomes a very crucial part uh, in a way of how um, insurers will actually potentially do business today, right. Of course, mobility applications, you know, I think you, you, you essentially shared, right, um, today, whether you're having or you're listening to this podcast through a laptop, you know, uh, a mobile device, you know, mobility is really the way to go. And and with the rise of mobility, the need for personal experience, customization becomes, you know, all important for for insurers to, you know, be able to roll out something quickly, be able to roll out something that, that it's built um, you know, for, for, for future purposes and the need to change right based on the demands that's happening so so this is exactly some of the, the you know I'll say the technologies that that you know insurers will be looking at um, or they are already looking at today
1: yeah, and of course you're working with a lot of insurance companies already, so um, which aspects of digital transformation have you specifically been helping firms with
0: mm-hmm. Right. So, um, there are actually two areas particularly that are, are critical, um, that we are working with. And it really looks into customer experience redesign and, and workplace innovation. When, when you look into customer experience redesign, customers today expect effortless experience and they are no longer comparing you to just your competitors, but they are comparing you to the best service they can ever have from anyone, right? And Mm -hmm. what effortless means today is that the ability to go digital, but the biggest challenge that, you know, most of the customers or clients that I talk to today is about the need for speed and time, the time that it takes to go digital. Complex processes, scattered data, and, and moving capabilities make it harder to redesign. And the sad truth is that many out there are afraid to replace the legacy and embrace change to propel due to the unknowns that they do see. So it becomes a very iffy kind of um, a, a model that, you know, they typically would not get into or, or they would just leave it as it is, right? So so that's one. Well, on the other hand, you know, the, the need to adjust quickly to the dynamics of post-pandemic workplace um, becomes the next important trap, right? Because um, processes such as recruitment, onboarding, performance KPIs, you know, require deep personalization as well uh, to create a frictionless experience. You know, in fact, one of the research indicates that exactly 50% uh, of the insurance, insurance executives interviewed confirmed that they are actually shifting their digital transformation projects on a higher gear, right? And and one hand, what they are focusing on is, you know, improving the home offices of co-workers by ensuring that, you know, situ- solutions like... Um, Digital customer identification, e-signatures—you know—down to tools for digital advice, could they actually be made uh, on a digital platform, right? To 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 actually remove the need for for being. Um, um you know face to face or being in the office to require the processes to be done right so so these are exactly the kind of two main use cases that we are seeing today in the insurance space that it's becoming stronger um, you know and and, the, and it's becoming more and more painful for these organizations to to, to change. Yeah so
1: so when you are actually sort of working through this process with an insurer to try and you know help them solve these problems and 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 become you know more digitally
0: adept mm. um, you know what sort of steps are you following what does the process look like Right so there's technically no difference in how we engage insurers against any other of our customers right as we focus on the value drivers of the organisations So our systems, you know, not being a vertical specific use case, is actually a generic tool that allows organizations to build quickly, right? By being able to first identify the gaps, you know, in the business processes or issues insurers face in the organization, we will then be able to tailor a solution that befits, you know, what exactly they are requiring, right? So, you know, Things like you know doing through a vision workshop, identifying the challenges that they are facing, you know, understanding you know what this would impact, you know, from from a, a, a revenue standpoint, from a productivity standpoint, you know, this would essentially help us to understand you know what is required for them to be more successful in what they are doing, and you know, essentially to digitize, right? But you know, the whole concept of digitization, and and people typically have a, a misconception is that you know, well, I buy a tool. I, I buy a product, it should meet my purpose, right? But you know, digitization in its core requires deep change. And deep change draws down to the cultural level of how organizations look at digitization, right? And 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 people will need to adapt, you know, to to how um, agile would work, right, and, and how being able to develop something quickly, being a part of that process uh, would, would actually help to actually propel some of these uh, uh, successes that we do see. So um, th- there's no one, one right process, um, there is no one right formula, um, it's really about going down to understand, um, you know, each individual business pain points and, and being able to derive a plan that, that, that matches and suits their needs.
1: Yeah, and, and so
0: speaking of uh, individual businesses, obviously you know
1: you are working with insurance companies. Are, are you working with MGAs and, and and brokers as well?
0: I mean, without naming names, can you give us some examples of the sort of things you're doing? Mm-hmm. So we do work with um, insurers as well as uh, MGAs and brokers. Um, you know, to just give you a bit of um, idea, right, of, of of some of the insurance companies that that we do work with closer closely. Um, you know, imagine. Um, AXA actually simplified their their claims their claims tracking for three thousand brokers uh, with a self service app, right? And this actually translates down to you know fifty percent reduction in their development time. You know they they were able to have you know three thousand plus immediate claims assessed on any device. You know and and you know this essentially helps them to game change the way that they are modernizing some of their legacy operations you know it relooks into their business process you know down to providing right a mobile application or uh, a unique customer experience that allows their customers or clients to interact better right with the insurer of course this also translates down to even you know uh, brokers you know where people are also looking at you know now I'm not able to do face-to-face um. How can I potentially be able to, you know, still continue that selling motion? Um, Another good use case would be looking at the Philippines region here in Asia Pacific. Um, The Armed Forces and Police Mutual Benefit Association actually created a new digital loan and, and they created this under a week in response to the COVID lockdown and the change in government directives, right? The the need for them to pivot their business in such such a short notice shows not just the ability for the organizations to shift uh, in accordance to the pandemic situation, but also utilizing a platform to rapidly create the digital services and experiences needed to serve their clients with minimal disruptions, right? So, So, you know, you know, that's essentially the kind of extent we talk about speed, you know, time to market, you talk about ability to shift, pivot and, and you know, um, um, cater for that change. And these are some of the many, many examples of, you know, insurance companies that we work with in, the, in Singapore, in Asia Pacific, you know, down to even the global scene um, that, that has, you know, seen wonders, right, in, in the way that they are conducting their business
1: and you talked earlier as well about this idea that when you're sort of working through the processes it's very individual based on the company itself it's about understanding their needs but how can a company that might not be particularly tech savvy understand what's right for them? I mean, um, you know, for example, are there certain features that separate the best software uh, software platforms from from the rest? I mean, you know, what sort of process do you go through to kind of bring those companies that are are not so uh, tech aware up to speed?
0: Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great question. Um, that there are definitely many tools out there that can do a lot of the jobs, right? And essentially, where we are consulting with our customers, you know, in understanding what's right for them, I think the first thing that we we look, right, is essentially understanding what they already own and whatever that they can already leverage on today, you know, what would this outcome look like, right? And of course, if they were to, you know, evaluate new tools out there, could these tools be you know, a ready solution that would immediately fit their purpose? Or would this something you know, that would require you know, a level of, of customization that would be hard you know, to comply, hard to cater? Right? And, and it's true this journey that we speak to, to, to the tech savvies or even the IT teams uh, and, and being able to prove that the technology actually works that they become a bit more assured, right, that, that um, you know, these features could potentially, um, you know, work in their organizations. So, you know, you talk about, you know, are there any certain features that would separate the best software platforms? I, I suppose all technologies out there, you know, um, um, has a place and has a, a unique value proposition. Um, but at least what I can share is that, you know, um, here, here in OutSystems, um, you know, the, the key differentiator it's it's really the ability to first of all you know create very customizable ui you know um being able to create you know a seamless integration experience back to your legacy systems and even creating you know business process and logic um you know to govern that whole um you know uh, network or that whole uh, claim the process right of how the application would work so um you know, and, and, and a lot of times we are not shy to tell our customers that, you know, you know, this could not be something that you're looking for, you know, maybe you could look at something else, right? So it's about putting customer first and, you know, ensuring that they do understand, you know, the value of the product that they're getting um, and being able to, to best utilize this, um, you know, to, to change what they're looking for.
1: Yeah, and of course, we, we talked a little bit earlier about the idea of, of, of getting ahead of the game and, and not always reacting um, to these innovations. So so tell us, I mean, looking forward, I want you to open up your crystal ball for us here, uh, Leonard. Um, just tell us what you think the future innovations are that insurers should be keeping an eye on.
0: Right. So there are many of this, um, you know, emerging technologies and trends that that are, are happening. Uh, in fact, you know, Gartner did recently conducted a study and, um, you know, there are many of top emerging technologies where you look into edge computing, um, you look into quantum computing and, and in fact, low-code application platforms is actually one of the many emerging technologies that will be focusing or will be focused heavily within a period of zero to one year, right? Because of the level of deep, um, you know, experience, customization needed, Um, you know, this is causing organizations, you know, all over the world, not just insurers to, to potentially uh, view, right? Of course, you know, AI, machine learning, these are not new, you know, um, we, we look even look into virtual reality and augmented reality. We, we are actually starting to see a lot of these uh, applications coming live, right? Um, um, you know, through, through the usage of applications, um, it's becoming more evident even here in the Asia-Pacific region. Right, that um, people are essentially looking at some of these top emerging technologies. So, you know, um, you know my 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 biggest uh, advice to customers is that you know, while while you put your eyes forward, you know, in 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 you know, embracing what you know technologies will do to you, it's always also important to look at what you do have in today and what needs to help you to bridge you know your gap, you know, to to ensure that you know these future innovations can actually be met, the prophecy can be met. So. Yep, that's exactly what we do. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: And are there any uh,
0: particular ideas, concepts in the works right now at OutSystems? Yes, at OutSystems, we change the way our software is being built, so that you know businesses can rapidly create and deploy critical applications um, that evolve with their business. So, um, of course, coupled with modern AI-supported, you know. Uh, um, um, features that that comes with the platform. Um, Our systems, you know, essentially provide IT leaders uh, with the potential to bridge silos, streamline processes, and enable teams um, to collaborate and focus on core innovation. Um, As a customer-centric or focused company, uh, our systems ensure that, you know, we typically and we constantly listen and develop solutions that are key to our success of our customers and, and, you know, where the, the landscape is shifting towards, right? So having said that is that, you know, Um, organizations are really slowly transforming and in fact all organizations want to become a software house right and and you know our system's mission and vision is you know remains to be the change agent to help uh accelerate the process and experience so you know that this is really the kind of work that we actually drive at uh here in, in in the in the company um and um yeah
1: well, Leonard, I mean, I, th- I think you've given us some some fantastic insights today. If anybody um, wants to reach out and, and find out more, um, how can they get in touch with you?
0: Sure. So um, you can always head to our website at www.outsystems.com. Um, there is a trial version that you can you can try it out. You know, if there's any help needed, you know, please feel free to um, you know reach out over the website. You can find me on my LinkedIn as well, uh, Leonard Tan. Um, and I'm most happy to, you know, speak with you on some of your digital journeys. Brilliant.
1: Leonard, uh, my huge thanks to you and indeed to OutSystems um, and to everybody listening. Thank you for joining us. And we'll speak to you again next time on IB Talk.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of IBA Talk. For more from Leonard and the experts at OutSystems, visit them at OutSystems.com. That's OutSystems.com for more. And as always, be sure to follow IBA Talk wherever you enjoy your podcasts for more.